I don't know how many of you guys have seen the movie 1917. Um, raise a hand, anybody? Okay, a few of you guys. David, have you seen that? I think we saw that together, didn't we? <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but uh, and you may have, have picked this up from some of the illustrations that I use in my sermons, but I love war movies. Uh, man, ever since I was in middle school, I just have been intrigued with, uh, the, with, the, with the wars that have happened, the world wars that have taken place, and uh, the conflicts and different things. And uh, I just have always have a, a place in my heart for these types of movies. And so the movie 1917 is based during the First World, world War, and it is based in the trenches there. And it depicts these two young soldiers who are commissioned by their commanding officers to deliver a message to another unit. Now, the other unit was getting ready the next morning to walk directly into a trap that they knew nothing about. And the phone lines had been cut between the two units, and so communication had been cut off. And so the only way to carry this message to this unit that was getting ready to, to make an advance, uh, that they were walking to a trap, the only way to deliver this message that meant life or death was to send these soldiers as messengers to go and carry this message. But there was no guarantee that if they got there, that the other commanding officer would even accept their message or follow through on it or that they would even make it through the no man's land and the rest of the front line. And yet they are sent to carry this life or death message to these other units anyway. And so they cross over into no man's land and they didn't know at that time as they're going to the front lines the suffering and the sacrifice that they wouldn't have to make along the way. Or like we said, even if they did make it, if their message would be received and followed or not. Well, as we turn our hearts and our minds towards Christmas, I've really wanted us to kind of focus on why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. And we've said that we celebrate Christmas because the King of Kings was coming. And we looked the first week at why the king had to come in the first place. And we said that the king had to come because of our sin, because we have rebelled against the king, against God. Because of our sin, the king had to come. And then last week, we saw that King Jesus came to bring peace, not only between us and God, but peace between us and each other. And today, we're going to see how we have been commissioned with a message that means life or death for all eternity, for those around us. Like those soldiers, we are sent out into no man's land with a message that will impact the eternities of other people. And we aren't guaranteed whether we will make it. We aren't guaranteed whether they will accept our message, but we are sent nonetheless. And so today we're gonna learn how we can carry this message from the first message carrier, John the Baptist. Now, as we've done each week, we've kind of gone back to the Old Testament a little bit because the Old Testament looks forward to us and points us forward to this time of Jesus' birth. And again, Isaiah in the Old Testament, he prophesies these words about the coming messenger of John the Baptist. And he writes this in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. He says, comfort, comfort my people, says God. 
Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been complete, that her sins have been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths in the desert, a highway for God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain. Now, in the time of Jesus's birth, when they heard these prophecies, they would have understood them a a little bit more than we would. Right. Because they were a little more accustomed to kings coming to visit their area. And when a king would come and visit the area, he wouldn't just show up unannounced. In fact, months earlier, he would send out heralds or messengers to go and prepare the way for his visit, for his coming to that town. And oftentimes those messengers would have to go and prepare to make a smooth road for the king's coming. Then sometimes they would even have to go door to door and knock and say, hey, the king is coming and we need you to drop everything that you're doing and come out and help us prepare the way for his coming. We need to move these boulders and move these trees and fill in these potholes and, and take down these hills and make a straight road and sometimes even build bridges for the king to come. And so... The people in Jesus' time when he was born would have been able to relate to Isaiah's prophecy here. But then John, he actually comes and does exactly that. He comes and prepares the way for the coming king. He comes and makes straight paths for the coming king. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me over to the book of Luke chapter 1, and we'll have it up here on the screen as well. But if you're looking for Luke, it's in the New Testament. It's the third book of the New Testament, which is on the right side of your Bible. It comes right after Mark and right before John. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 16 there, because we see some more promises about this coming Uh, messenger who would come to prepare the way for the king. Now, last week we saw the angel of the Lord appear to Mary, but even before the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, the angel of the Lord actually appeared to Mary's cousin, Zechariah. And Zechariah was serving in the temple. You see, he was in the family line of Aaron. He was a Levite and had the honor and the privilege to serve in the temple. And in fact, not only did he get the opportunity and the honor to serve in the temple there in Jerusalem, but he was chosen to go into the Holy of Holies and make sacrifices and offer incense offerings before the Lord. Now, he probably was a little on edge, okay? You see, to go into the Holy of Holies... Uh, you actually had to tie a rope around your waist, right? Um, and, and that wasn't because you were like rock climbing, but that was in case you died. <laughs> if you died in there, they couldn't go in to get you, right? So they would have to drag you back out. So I'm sure that Zechariah was already on edge. And then if you'll remember, as we said last week, when people have interactions with uh, with angels, it's not these, these babies with little wings, you know, fluttering around, but it's a terrifying experience. And oftentimes that's why they first said, hey, Don't be afraid, (laughs) right? So this angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah as he's serving in the temple. He's already on edge, and he shows up. Man, can you only imagine? And he says, do not be afraid. But look, you and your wife are going to have a son. Now, for many people, that would be some pretty exciting news. Here's this couple who didn't have any children, and hey, you're going to have a son. But Zechariah says, hold on one minute. 
I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years, is what he says. So we're old. We can't be having kids, right? And this angel says, you will have a son. And let me tell you about what this son is going to come and do. Look at verse 16 of Luke 1. The angel says about this son that would come, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents and to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So the angel tells them that not only will they have a son in their old age, but this son would go and prepare the way for the Lord, that he would help turn the people of Israel back to God. And that's exactly what John would end up doing. He would go and make straight paths for the coming king. He would go and prepare the people, Israel, for the king of kings coming. He would make straight paths. He would level out the rough areas. And so as John grows, he becomes a man and he should have been in line to serve as a priest like his father, Zechariah. But instead, he goes out into the wilderness and he begins preaching. He begins telling people to repent of their sins for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And people are convicted and people are repenting of their sins and people are being baptized out there in the wilderness for the forgiveness of their sins. They are responding to this message. They are returning to God. John is preparing the way for the coming king. And then John not only prepares the way, but when the king shows up to be baptized by him, When Jesus shows up to be baptized by John, he not only baptizes them, but then he points, he points everyone to him. And then he steps out of the way. John does his job. He prepares the way for the coming king. And then when the king arrives, he points everyone to him. Friends, you and I have been given the same responsibility that John has. We are to go and to prepare the way for the coming king, and we are to point people to him. We are to share with them the message, the good news of Christmas and the good news of Jesus, that he came and that he died for their sins and that he rose from the dead and that he is coming again. We, like John, get to go and point people to the king. We get to share the gospel with the lost. God has chosen you and me to share the good news of Jesus, that he has come, that he has died and risen from the dead, and that the king of kings is coming again. We get the privilege to take part in this mission that God has to save the world from our sins. Now, we are John and we aren't Jesus. We don't save people. We point people to the Savior. We share the good news of Jesus with the lost. But you and I don't have any control over whether or not they will accept the good news. You and I have no control on whether or not they will change or not. But that's not our job. Our job is to simply and clearly share the message that we have been given from the king. Paul puts it this way in the book of Romans. 
In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, he says, everyone. Now, we've talked about these words before. I know they're kind of hard, right? Everyone. That means everyone, <laughs> right? Doesn't mean some people, but everyone who will call, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they, Paul says, call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach to them unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, this verse there at the end, Paul is actually quoting from Isaiah, kind of like we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. And Isaiah, in Isaiah 52, 7, is writing to the people of Israel who are in exile. But their exile is getting ready to end. And he says, good news is coming. And he says, how beautiful are, are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, watchmen would sit and look, not only for danger that was coming, they would not only stand on the gates and the walls to watch for danger approaching to be able to warn everybody, but they also watched for messengers who would be, who would bring news, whether good or bad, would bring news from the front lines or from other cities. So they would watch out and watch over the hills and look for messengers, runners to come. Now, if these people were bringing message by foot, their feet would be pretty nasty and gross from running and carrying this message. But if the news that they brought was good, if it was favorable, if it was good news, then their feet would become beautiful no matter how dirty and nasty they were because the news that they were carrying changes how they see their feet. Friends, we go before the king like John and we share the news that King Jesus has come and that he's coming again. And friends, when we love other people enough to share with them the good news of Christmas, when we care for other people enough to share with them the truth that Jesus is the king and that he has died for their sins and he has risen from the grave and he has given them hope, we too have beautiful feet. Even if your feet are like mine and stink and are dirty. When we are carrying the good news of the gospel and preparing the way for the coming king, we too have beautiful feet. Friends, we, like John, have the privilege to be messengers for the king. And it's not because of us. Remember, we're not Jesus, we're John. But it's the message that we share that people can hear and believe and be saved. Jesus is the one who saves. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts and changes people. But God uses messengers like you and me to carry the good news that the King has come and that he is coming again with those who are lost. So friends, let me ask you this morning, what do you and I need to do to make straight paths for the gospel? to share the gospel with the lost? What do you and I need to do to share the good news that Jesus is coming with those who are far from him? 
This is our mission, not only at Christmas, but every single day. So who do you need to share the good news of Christmas with? Who this Christmas season do you need to help discover their relationship with Jesus? Maybe, maybe it's that family member that you know is going to be at the family gathering. Maybe it's that coworker at the Christmas party. Maybe it's that neighbor that this is the first time that their Christmas is going to be alone, or maybe it's one of many that they'll be by themselves. Friends, we make straight paths for the gospel by building authentic relationships with the lost, by truly caring for other people. And Christmas gives us so many opportunities, not only to be around other people, but so many opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with them. So friends, let's look for the opportunities this Christmas that God is going to put before us to love on and care for other people. And let's look for the opportunities that God is going to put before us to share the good news of Christmas with them. That the King has come, that he has died for their sins, that he has risen from the dead so that they can be forgiven and have life. Laney said that there was one song that I liked at Christmas, Adore, and it's only partly true, okay? Uh, there's another uh, Christmas song that I enjoy. In fact, I think David's singing it next week. Let's go tell it on the mountain. And the chorus of that song says this, go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Friends, we are sent as messengers for the King of Kings. So who do we need to tell this Christmas about the King's coming and that he's coming again? Will you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you that you have chosen us as your people to be your messengers. And Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you will put before us to share the good news of your son. That he has come because of our sin. That he has come to bring peace between us and you and us and each other. And Father, we thank you that you have chosen us to be your messengers. So Father, give us the strength and the wisdom, and the words. Help us to see the opportunities that you place before us to to make straight paths for the gospel, to prepare the way for the message of your son, son to be shared. And Father, help us to not only see, but give us the courage and the words to share the good news of your son Jesus with those who are far from them with our family who is far from him, with our our neighbors who are far from them, with our coworkers who are lost. Father, help us to love and care for them enough to not only care for their physical needs, but to care for their spiritual needs. Use us as your witnesses this Christmas for your son, Jesus. We ask all of this in his name. Amen. Friends, some of you today need to respond to the gospel and to Jesus, the King, for the first time. Some of you today need to come and believe and repent and meet Jesus in baptism today. I'm going to be down here on this front, this front chair 
And if you need to talk about what that means and what that looks like, I would love to talk with you today. For those of us who already have, we're going to move into this time of communion. And during this time, we get to be reminded of the gospel. We get to be reminded of the reason that we celebrate Christmas. We get to be reminded of the sacrifice that our king has made on our behalf. We remember his body through the bread. We remember his blood through the cup. If you didn't grab communion on your way in, you can raise your hand and uh, Taylor's there in the back and he, he can bring that to you. And we invite you to examine yourself, to confess your sins to God. And then when you're ready to remember and let's proclaim together as his people that we believe that Jesus is the king and that he has died for us and that he has risen from the dead. Let's remember and proclaim together the gospel here this morning. If you need to talk or if you need somebody to pray with you, I'll be down front this morning.